With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi villains and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast on this final whistle post-match part of uh, <coughs> frustrating and disappointing uh, 3-0 loss at Anfield. Um, Aston Villa coming a cropper to some of the same mistakes, the same um, naivety, the same, um, same areas of the field whereby we've come undone before. Um, very reminiscent to the game we played them last season, albeit that they didn't have as much possession as they did today. But at will, they could just play that ball early in the first half out to Luis Diaz, and in the second half, just over Dina's head to Salah. And, and a lot to be made of the high line, and that's fine. You guys, like, every I don't know what the issue is, but I think it's overly simplistic to talk about the high line when our midfield was absolutely atrocious today. Again, it was it's it was the same poor performance and the same pitfalls that we fell into against Newcastle. I think uh, as well today, specifically from uh, Bubakar Kamara point of view, and um, where he was neither a six, he was neither an eight. Um, uh, like if you want, if you want a good example as to why our midfield faltered today, look at the forty sixth minute of that game today. I can't wait to go back and look at it again and 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 to almost analyze it. Um, there was just some really poor instances of, of midfield shape, of midfield structure, of midfield discipline today. And, of course, Liverpool lapped that up. So the two things that I said Aston Villa needed to do to win this game and whoever would do it best would win this game was the team that gets in behind the fullbacks. Well, Liverpool did that at will today, no problem. Like, whenever they wanted to, they could get in behind one of our two fullbacks. And then the second one was that we had to win the midfield battle, and we didn't because we were positionally ill-disciplined. 
it looked like again that that Luis and Camaro were given similar roles to play um in midfield away from home and with a ball dominant team like this it, it didn't work they they were very easily passed around in midfield the two of them and uh Camara's effort and ability to get back sometimes is, is 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 an issue for me has been it's not something i've been saying it's not like this is something i'm just saying after this game it's been an issue for me last season it's an issue for me when he's on the ball Camara is very good it's an issue for me last season it was an issue for me in the, in the Newcastle game as well um I'm quite annoyed at that game. I'm quite annoyed. Uh, even little things, like the third goal, like yeah, there was an element of fortune. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. There was an element that the, the strike from Sabaslai was brilliant, but for that ball to go through that amount of bodies, and not get a touch, could be seen as fortunate. But a wonderful strike, you know, a wonderful strike. Stupid, stupid corner to give away. Paul Torres gave away a stupid corner there. Uh, second goal ricochets off the off the post. Um, after poor defending from um Lugadine, Matty Cash gets caught. Uh, and it hits off him, goes into the back of the net. Element of fortune, I think so. Albeit that we've been torn open, but still, just because we were torn open doesn't mean ball should hit the post, come back off one of our players and go in. Um, and then the third goal is what a flick on, a, a flick on from Darwin Nunes, and to have somebody at the back post like that. Uh, that was the most. That was the most annoying goal for me. The, the third goal, just just annoying. Like annoyingly simple, annoyingly um how will I put it? It was annoyingly uh disinterest there was an annoying amount of disinterest at times. Uh, or or during that that passage of play for that corner. And actually I I'll go so far as to say during during the game there was periods of time in attack where we looked really disinterested. Um and then there was other periods of time where you know, we have to, and this is talking about the players individually. A couple of people have messaged me and said, is it time, or not is it time, but it's okay, told me it's okay to give out about Unai Emery. And I think there were one or two baffling things as well that we do need to talk about in the Emery, and the tactical side of things. And that's fine. It's okay to say it. I still think he's top five manager in the Premier League. So, you know, you can you can talk about A and still think B as well at the same time. But, but with regards to the players, I thought, you know, like Watkins didn't do anything again today. You know, and Bailey gets in his way for that goal for the for the ball that comes across. That should have been the goal. I think we scored there. It's a completely different game. Um, header from Matty Cash at the back post that drops to probably anybody else with an attacking bone in their body. They might be able to put it either side of of, of Allison, but he did really well uh, to do that uh, to get his head on that ball. Should I say? Uh, thought John McGinn was a bit anonymous at times today as well. And first viewing, open to correction on that one though. Thought he was a bit anonymous playing out on that left hand side again. He's not the same John McGinn that plays on the right hand side, you know. So it's um, there's a lot. There was there was a, like like as I say, that performance was similar. And, and I hate when we lose and we don't affect the game as much as we do when we have similar performances to when we lose and we don't affect the game. Um, that's that's an annoying point. That's an annoying thing for me. Um. Also, I meant to say at the very start of this that uh, not because Aston Villa lost, but because I have uh, a sleeping child who's bound to wake up any moment. I may need to leave this podcast a small bit early. Um, so apologies about that. Um, so let's talk a small little bit about the Una Emery piece. Um, I'm still here kind of... I, I could I could potentially see what... like I made, it, I made an excuse on Twitter for why Bailey was brought on when, when Diego Carlos went off. And that excuse was the out ball to, Dia- to Luis Diaz was there at will throughout, throughout the whole lot of the first half. Um, 
and I think maybe the idea was to bring on Bailey so that, ba that we, we'd have a almost a 4-4-2 structure there, um, and it didn't work. Uh, it, it certainly didn't work. Very ineffectual again today. Can't play away from home. And um, just offered very, very little. Got in the way of, of uh, Ollie Watkins for that ball into the middle. Um, took an awful lot out of the ball. Slowed play down around, around the edge of the box. Does these... One or two little jinks with the ball when we're trying to attack quickly allows the other team to get back into position again. Just, just a typical Leon Bailey performance, I think, with the ball at his feet and an underconfident Leon Bailey. When we're down one nil, probably the person who don't want coming in is Leon Bailey. Um, I would have preferred to bring on Callum Chambers there or Clement Langley and stay with the three at the back approach, uh, the th or three slash five at the back approach. But we didn't, and I think I think that like Una Emery made that decision. Made it. Clement Langley had the had the top off. The decision he sat back down. The decision was made for for uh, Leon Bailey to come in. So somebody made that decision. I think it was the wrong decision. I think they they made up for that decision, or not even made up for. It, but they they put their hands up and said, "Yeah, wrong decision." By taking Bailey off again, um, on, on the sixty fifth minute. So Bailey came on after nineteen minutes. Came off in the sixty fifth minute. Was replaced by Nicolas Aniolo, who had, was very ineffectual. But then again, we're three 0 down, and the game is the game is completely dead at that stage. Um, so I think that was definitely one issue. Um, if Unai Emery wanted Bubakar Kamara and Douglas Luiz to step back as far as create that uh, create as little a gap as between they could between um, the high line and midfield again, that's an issue. That's a problem. That is a coaching issue that needs to stop. It has to stop. And I've said it before: if you're playing a high line, and I know that there's different little different. Um, Patterns of thought on this. So my pattern of thought may not isn't always correct, but this is my belief with it. Okay, I know I've been in discussions whereby there's been different patterns of thought as to why you should stand on the defender's toes like this. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. So I'm just putting that one out there. And you got and and just go go and research it. Go and look at what other coaches talk about it, and look at look and see what other philosophies with regards to it. Are. I I personally don't agree with it, and I think and I, and the reason I'll tell you why is that when you do that, you create. An opportunity, so you you concertine up the midfield and the and the 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 forward line or the midfield and the back line, and you concertine up their midfields and their forwards. So it's very easy then for like Salah did for that that opportunity where Nunes went through. Um, somebody can actually run into an offside position, not touch the ball, and then and then somebody else makes that run from an onside position five yards deeper, gets onto the ball, and has a clear run through a goal. So in the current offside, uh, so the high line, a high line is not pretend is not is not a particular issue. All right, there, there is it's symptomatic of what's going on at the moment, but it's not a particular, and it is some part of the issue here. But whenever you t people talk about how oh, the high line is stupid, the high line can't have for me it cannot have the two central midfielders sitting back so deep because it just creates lanes straight through the middle for people to run at specifically if there's a diagonal ball and what do we see today against Newcastle it was lots of was was diagonal balls across the Louis because what it does is that diagonal ball even if there are if if that player is onside they just need to be able to trap it they're going to have they're going to have space out there they're going to need to trap it but that person while that ball is in the air the the person from midfield has five, six, seven yard, uh, yard run where they can make a quick reaction pass when it drops to the player outside to get in past their offside trap and then it's away at the races. To me, it creates too many, it invites running lines and that's what this team has suffered from against Newcastle and against Liverpool. It's the running lines that are ca that, that cause the issue. It's the it's the shallowness of the distance between the two, between the two lines, between the defence and the midfield for me. 
Um, and as I say, I'm open to have a discussion with anybody. There's no right and there's no wrong, I don't think, with regards to this. But what I'm trying to say is, I don't think there's any way in the world that Unai Emery has told our, def- our midfield to retreat that deep. Um, uh, yeah, and, and look, um, and that's, that, that's a coaching thing. That is a coaching thing. Because... If sorry, if he if he did tell them to retreat that far, it is a coaching thing, um, and that needs to, that needs to be ironed out, needs to be stopped. Um, we spoke about uh, we spoke an awful lot about Bubakar Kamara over the last couple of games being really good and coming back into himself and having a defined role. Today he didn't play his defined role or he didn't have a defined role in that midfield. I don't think this team can play with the high line, can play the two sixes, as I said before, the double pivots. What happened then is both of them were moving forward. There was one up, one instance, I think it was around the 34th minute. I wrote it down on a piece of paper, but I've forgotten it. Around the 34th or 35th minute, it was after, yeah, it would have been then, it was after Matty Cash's goal, where both Kamara and Luis were both pressuring high up on Liverpool's box. Like... Like that, stuff like that is positional and discipline. I and without knowing what they were tasked with doing or what their assignment was for the day, it just looks it looks haphazard. It looks like hero ball, and uh, and and Uri Emery's midfield is not set around hero ball or or or, or individual kind of um, uh, like pluck it out of the sky and let's play by my own rule book kind of thing. It's just not. And it can't work that way. And I don't know if that's what happened, but it looked like it to me in specific parts of this game. Um, leadership as well, guys. And I know I'm, I'm going to keep on going to this because I, I, I need to see it. Ezra Kanza, I think, was one of the few... Like, Ezra Kanza was an absolute professional out there today. I thought he played... I actually thought he played pretty well um, out there today. He was under the cash. He was under a lot of pressure. His covering runs were quite good. His, um, you know, the... the he he had to cover for Pau Torres a bit. Um, and then, obviously, when Leon Bailey came on, Cash moved back uh, to right back. Um, he had a small bit of help there, but still he needed there was covering runs needed from both centre-halves into the channels. I thought Luca Dean, once he went back into that specific flat-back four, was on toast. And that, that's like, I'm not... I'm not having a massive go at him or anything like that. Just literally, he was left out there and isolated on, a, on an island and they had their way with him. And, and that's that's the way Liverpool do this. Liverpool will game plan and they will hit that, we, that, that spot that is uncomfortable every single given opportunity. And that's why I said that John McGinn was a bit anonymous. And I'm open to correction on this as well, because as I say, when you watch it once, we might have a situation where we've got different opinions of different people. Um, but John McGinn was kind of was neither there nor neither here nor there with helping him because McGinn was pulling into the center to cover for our two central midfielders who I think were ad libbing and doing and doing their own thing at times. Um, so that is an issue as well. Um, Diaby tried, 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 but there was very little coming from front, coming up from up top with him as well. And um, you know, it's like it was a disjointed performance from top to bottom. I think there. Um, and uh, there's going to have to be work done on shape work, I think, uh, throughout the course of this off season or this this mini break, shall I say, with the the international uh, the international break. 
Um, I don't know if you guys can hear in the background, but I do have some crying happening on my monitor, so I do apologize. I would love to stay a small bit longer, maybe show up the areas here on Who Scored where I think the villa were exploited, but I'm going to do another podcast on it because I need to go and tend to, tend to the young fella. Sorry I couldn't come to any of your comments. I know that there was a couple of... Um, a couple of super chats in there as well. I'll just I, look, as I said, Matt Hanlon, thank you so much as always. Liverpool, Boston midfield, as I say, and our off the ball movement wasn't there. You, you read my mind. And Dara, fair play to you, Liverpool fan. You needed one of the chances to go in the first half anyway. There'll be many better days for you this year. Have a point on me and see you next week. Dara's actually coming to the gig as well. He's a great mate of mine. So that's why I that's why I tolerate him in the in the um in the chat. <laughs> And Dara knows his stuff as well. Uh, you can you can sit down and have a have a chat with Dara later on because he's a UEFA qualified coach as well. So um, so there's that too. Um, right, I'm going to have to leave you go, guys. I have to tend to tend to the child, my child. And um, Claret and Blue are starting up in a couple of minutes as well. If you want to go there and, and get more analysis on it, great Frankie from All Villano Filler is going to be on with um, with with Dan later on. Um, and I will be back. I'm going to get Paddy on to try and get his thoughts maybe tomorrow and do more of a kind of an analysis of the game once I get to watch it back. Disappointing game. I wanted to come on here spitting feathers, but I just I haven't really processed it uh, enough yet. And, and there's just a couple of things that are so annoying that I want to watch them back and highlight them my, to myself again before I talk about them. But thanks so much, everybody, for your time. As I say, it wasn't to be international break coming up, live podcast coming up next weekend. Um, I love you all for watching in. And in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.